Holy Gospel according to Luke, the fourth chapter. Glory Lord. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. There's a gospel song from the 1970s called, God Said It, I Believe It, That Settles It. Hearing Jesus' words in Luke's gospel reminded me of those words, which more recently have migrated onto t-shirts and bumper stickers. Unfortunately, sometimes those words are used to set God's actions and Jesus' teaching firmly in the past as historical events, limited to their original time and place with no demands on us today. But in his inaugural sermon in Luke's Gospel, in the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth, Jesus unrolls the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he sits down, saying, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Doesn't that kind of sound like God said it, I believe it, and that settles it? Except it's a trick question. The Greek verb that translate has been fulfilled is in the perfect tense, not the aorist tense. And the grammar changes the meaning of the phrase because aorist verbs mean that the action is complete and over and in the past while perfect verbs indicate action that is ongoing or continuing and keeps happening. 
So Jesus is saying that God's word has been fulfilled already and continues to be fulfilled in our hearing it spoken or proclaimed. For Jesus, what is settled is that God's word places an ongoing call on our lives that comes to us in our hearing and in our believing. We must not relegate God's actions or the demands of God's word to the past. Caroline Lewis, one of my seminary preaching professors, tells the story of traveling to the Holy Land and visiting the chapel that is built around the rock where Jesus hosted his last meal for his disciples that we hear about in John 21. Outside the chapel, there is this plaque, and its inscription is based on Luke 5, the calling of the first disciples in Luke. When Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. And so this plaque reads, the deeds and miracles of Jesus are not actions of the past. Jesus is waiting for those still prepared to take risks at his word because they trust his power utterly. Jesus' teachings ask something of us here and now. So what will the fulfillment of this scripture look like in our lives? Can we acknowledge that we live in a world where there are captives to release? That there are ways that we are blind and need to have our eyes open? And there are oppressed people yearning for freedom. Paul's words to the church in Corinth echo the ones Jesus spoke. Paul writes in his letter, If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member rejoices, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Remember, Paul's letters were always a response to something he knew was happening in the local church. And in this letter, he admonished the church that we rise and fall together. There cannot be an us and a them in the body of Christ. So when Jesus speaks of the captive, of the blind and the oppressed, we must not hear that as though he is speaking about people who aren't in our lives. Truly, I tell you, we don't have to look very far to find people who are suffering in the ways that Jesus names. People in our community who are working full-time jobs but cannot afford basic shelter, food, and clothing, let alone medical care. We suffer blindness when our experiences and education shape our worldview one way and we cannot see the truth of another person's perspective. And every one of us 
is both saint and sinner, afflicted by the oppression and brokenness of sin that turns us in on ourselves and away from God. In all scripture, there is both law and gospel. The law identifies our chains and the gospel sets us free. So when Jesus declares today that this word has been fulfilled, he tells us that we do not have to wait any longer for our freedom. We have received God's grace and we are set free to practice our faith in words and actions, to participate in God's kingdom here and now. The fulfillment of God's grace and favor on the world can be seen all around us if we open our eyes and our hearts. It is seen in that one person who provides transportation to someone who cannot drive themselves anymore. Or when you call the person who usually sits in front of you in the queue, but you haven't seen them recently. It's seen in the volunteers who hang the greenery before Christmas and shovel the snow when winter weather shows up so that we can gather and rejoice and worship together. And it is seen when we reach out into our community and recognize and respond to the needs of those around us. With this inaugural sermon, Jesus calls us into ongoing life with God for the sake of the world. Let us pray. <clears throat> Liberating God, thank you for your son Jesus, who has come to break the chains of sin and evil in our lives and set us free. Give us courage to see the poor, the captive, and the blind knowing we cannot be free until all are free. Continue to fulfill your word in our lives that we would continue sharing the good news of your abundant grace and love with our neighbors, community, and world. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat>